Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Coach Steve Show, the Bear Down segment because Zach is here. Hello, Zach, Mr. Ref. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, a little bit of Halloween action. Um, the spookiest thing on the football field is actually the zebras, if you think about it. So, just wait for the whistle. I do have a whistle, by the way. Just don't want to blow your eardrums out if and when I might use it on this show because... When a few I, things I can throw a I can throw a flag on right now. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure if I utter the words "trade for Jimmy Garoppolo" and go to Arlington Heights right now, uh, hey, in the hey, dome. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> calm down now. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> it's it's a dome that opens up for snow and rain. And totally, they, because that's that's how every team operates retractable domes. They'll totally open it for the snow and rain. The Chicago Bears don't do normal things anyway. What makes this dome any different? There's no it different. fine. I, I am I'll be I'll be optimistic. How about that? They do it just like that. And then the rest of the fan base that, you know, wants to be comfortable inside will you No! How dare you? I'm not used to the snow games, says every Bears fan ever that has been to Soldier Field for decades. I, I don't go in the snow. If I know it's going to snow for a Bears game, it's not going to happen. Oh, see, but there's something magical about snow games, dude. It, it's a different vibe. Yeah, you're colder, but it's a different atmosphere. It's not happening. I've coached in the it's, rain and all too, that. It's too bad. Maybe because I've coached in weather like that. I don't know. Maybe that's what ruins it. Like, this is miserable, and I'm not about to go sit in it. I'm not going to pay so, money to sit in it. 
We'll see. Coaching to me is a little different. Yeah, you get a little bit of the highs, but you aren't drinking a beer. You aren't you aren't chatting with buddies all the time. You know. There's a coach's cooler. Don't worry about. Cooler, but is it, does it got like brewing <laughs> brewski in it? I don't. That's think why so. it's called the coach's cooler. <laughs> Always did that. I used to coach with a guy that owned a liquor store, and before a game that we knew would be tough, I'd look at him and go, "Is where's the coach's cooler?" And he goes up in the press box with me. Mm, okay. That's I a take that's that a joke, then. kids. That's a joke. There is no such thing because somebody would take that seriously. What do you mean there's a coach's cooler of something? If there is, it's Gatorade. Leave me alone. You got some spotted cow up there? Gross. <laughs> Ew, you didn't just diss on that beer, did you? Gross. That's a shame. It's a good beer. I'm from the country. We're not gonna we're not gonna go about that. Fine. That kind of fine. All right, that's fine. You know what? You know what? I'm, I'm going to stop having us get distracted and avoiding the inevitable. But uh, Bears Cowboys this week. Yes, yeah. Bears Cowboys. Uh, Bears are coming off a high of beating the Patriots. The Cowboys are coming in with a. Are they the number one ranked defense? I know they're. I think they're number. They were number four at one point. They should. They're at least top five. Uh, now you. Now you got me to recheck here. I didn't, to, I didn't know if they had moved. I know. I know. I think might have been last week they were number four in like this power ranking defense. I know the Denver Broncos have a really good defense. The Eagles have a good defense. The Bills have, I believe, the number one. I just didn't know if Dallas's stats had moved them up. Um, yeah, according to uh, according to at least where ESPN ranks the NFL defensive squads, they are number seventh overall. Okay, but so uh, top one is Buffalo. So top eight defense going against the Bears. Um, that defense is nasty going against a an experienced young Chicago Bears team. Um, lots to talk about with that. But going into the week, the Bears pulled the trigger on a rumor we had been hearing about and trading Robert Quinn over to the Eagles for a fourth-round pick. Bears having to pay the guaranteed money they owe him. The Eagles are taking two years off of his deal, I believe saying, you know, you're going to have to play well in order for us to pay you. Um, I will say that I read that Eagles are actually very excited about this, and people are saying if he can turn it on with the Eagles, this makes their defense even better, um, which I was shocked to see that. Um, but the Eagles must have seen something in order to want to get him. I mean, but the Eagles are going almost all in, not quite all in like the Rams, but to make some trades, pay some people, to just kind of look at this team since they're the only ones that are undefeated and say we're going to go after the Super Bowl, maybe another defensive end that we can rotate in um, to help them. But Robert Quinn being traded, did not see that coming. If you asked me a year ago, would they trade him after the production he had? And, um, you know, it was kind of a sad moment for Bears fans if you actually watched him and what he tried to do with the Bears. Um, But he is off to Philadelphia. That that was was unfortunate. I I think people coming into the season were wondering like if he if you had any pieces left that maybe if if say there's a fall off or you don't have it you don't get that same level back now credit you know he's he actually is the most he is the most uh he is the most uh double block he's been blocked uh, double team wise 58 times this season i guess that's the most in the nfl by the way um nonetheless though Hasn't been producing, and generally when you have that attached to a multi-year deal with a lot of money on it, 
not all guaranteed, but still a lot of money in terms of if we keep going with your deal. It just made a lot of sense. They get more cap back. They're already adding to $100 million. Now it's $125 million for next year with him gone. They have young talents that have been slowly stepping up more and more this season. Um, Travis Gibson will get more rotation out of him, which talk about a guy that I know myself and at least my – I'll tell you, my dad, he's a massive Travis Gibson fan. I like him too, but, like, he wants this guy starting as much as possible on the other on one of these edge rushes. So – He'll get more reps. He's a young, he's a young up up and comer for the Bears right now. Um, the compensation, I mean, it's I guess it's as best as you can get. Fourth round ain't too bad, but I think when you were in the position Chicago was with the money that theoretically was attached still, along with the guaranteed money, you kind of just wanted to get something out of the deal and move on. It's all for next year anyway. One sack in seven games doesn't improve enough investment is worth it for future seasons for a 32-year-old edge rusher. Yeah, I, I had mentioned something about, you know, he doesn't have Cleo Mack on the other side, so they really had to go off and double-team him. But they made the mm-hmm. comment to me that, well, Cleo Mack was hurt some of the season last year, and he still produced for Robert Quinn. But I'd have to really look at film and say, you know, well, it was a 3-4 defense, so it takes away some angles for O-linemen. They're trying to get to linebackers. That's where they kind of more go after the nose guard. When you're going to a four-man front and you're in different techniques, you know the the most common base one you can think of is like a five technique, uh, three technique, one technique, and another five. They can double team, and when that happens, if they can single block or double chip and just send somebody two guys after him, and they can go after everybody else, that's what it takes away, and they know that. You know, with, you know the times Cleo Mack was there, they had to make a decision: are we going to go after Quinn? Are we going to try to go after Cleo Mack? coming off the edge, and obviously you're going to go after Cleo Mack because we saw his numbers go down even, you know, and then when Robert Quinn started playing better. But um, I think where Bears fans kind of realized that it would be a sad moment was when uh, Roquan Smith got told during his press conference, you know, like they're trading him. Um, He was very upset. And so that just – and even Robert, uh, Robert Quinn, they interviewed him when he was with the Eagles when he got there. They talked about it with him, and he was upset. Um so it just shows that maybe this Bears team is even closer than what we thought. You know, Roquan Smith and them have been together. And um, I think it just – to me, and maybe this is overthinking it, how Iberflus kind of had that locker room together. Even though they're struggling this year um, and wins and losses, that locker room seems to be close, you know, for them to be like that. So I don't know if you saw that in the Matt Nagy era, but with Matt Eberflus, I think that kind of shows what kind of locker room we might be not seeing in there. Yeah. So, so, you know, overthinking it, people say, well, Justin Fields doesn't trust the O-line. Maybe he does. If this is the type of locker room they have, maybe he does. So it was just sad. It was sad to watch Roquan get told that. Yeah, it, the, Roquan is definitely, I think, is uh... – you know, he, I think he's one of the symbols that shows kind of the tight-knitness of the locker room, at least as a voice. Um, and I, I, I know Robert Quinn, even before this, anything I'd read on him, he's well-respected in that locker room, you know, being one of the older veterans. Uh, really, you know, is ha- he's been in terms of how his production is over his career, he's a, he's a star in this league. So, you know, I think a lot of young defensive, defensive players do look up to him in terms of uh, what – he brings to the table and, you know, the experiences he's had. So, you know, that is a bit unfortunate to see that move on from the locker room. But I think players, it's just a harsh reality of, you know, not everything's guaranteed in this business. Um, you 
are, you know, the the general managers, the coaches, you know, they if they have you and they and you are currently a piece of the puzzle, they'll have you. But if there's an opportunity, especially a general manager, and they see it fit, that it's about building to the future. As you know, Ryan Pohl stated, you know, it was a hard decision to make, but for the better men of the future of the Chicago Bears, it made the most sense. And I think a lot of fans said the same thing. You know, we this conversation probably also doesn't come up if you see him at, say, like, to me, I think if he's at, like, five sacks by this time in the season, maybe even four, you know, just showing that he's on pace for double digit again, I think we maybe don't see this trade and they or they get better trade value, one of the two options, because I think that that's just what they're looking at. Again, it's an eval year. Mm-hmm. So... If you go from if you're doing a yo-yo right now, which I mean we all remember his first season in Chicago, he had two sacks and he was being paid. It was his lowest paid season under his original contract. Last year sets his you know franchise record. This year, one sack through seven games. That just doesn't cut it. You can't have hot and cold seasons. You need to. They want consistent high playmakers, you know. And Roquan is that, but unfortunately, right now it just doesn't make sense to keep moving forward. And that's where we're at. Right. I'm not I'm not I feel bad for the players. As a fan though, I'm like this was the logical end conclusion I think that people saw coming. Right. When they when it was rumored, I I was kind of hoping he would turn it around at that point. Maybe he, you know, gets more tackles, he's disrupting more, he's getting more right. pressure cuz I'm glad I'm kind of glad though they did wait this half it's almost halfway through the year. It is halfway through the year, which is crazy to think about. Um I think that's what Ryan Poles is probably thinking. Like, get to, get close to that trade deadline, and if we have to pull a trigger, we're going to pull a trigger. Because um, if you make that trade week two, that makes no sense. You have to continue to see how he's playing, how 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 the rest of the D line's looking, and that D line's young, and so they're probably looking at this too. Also, like, it's all about money. Like you said, almost 130 million dollars next year so far, and I say so far because we don't know what's going to happen. They could do something else that we don't know about. 130 million dollars is a lot. It's a ton yeah. of money to go spend next year, and um, but yeah, for the betterment of the team, for moving forward. Because now, this wasn't like a Super Bowl contender or playoff contender team making this trade. This is a rebuilding year, which sucks to tell the players right now because they're getting banged up. And but you know we have to move on, and uh, that's kind of moving on into them playing the Cowboys um, to mm-hmm. d- discuss keys, and we'll get to the D line situation. But the Cowboys are five and two, which believe it or not, that is not first in their in their uh, conference. When we've already played one of the other big names in that conference in New York, which to me it's so amazing to see what the Giants are doing because they're doing a lot with what I think is generally a little. Yes, you know. Yes. Um, I mean, Dallas is still just an imposing threat. They just got Dak Prescott back. They were able to get to 5-2 and two with Cooper Rush. So they're setting pretty. Their defense, second-best scoring defense in the NFL, top 10 in regards of rushing and passing numbers. Um, I mean, what else can you say? They And Jerry Jones, as usual, is built out basically buying any piece you can or drafting at least decently well enough to where you can get any piece you can that are star guys that – in theory, they should be a playoff team almost every year. Yes. You yes. know, right now, that's where they're at. You know, I think I think for the Bears, you know, my question is, you saw what happened with Dak last week. Can he pass better against this Bears, this Bears secondary that is top five in the NFL in passing yards allowed per game? Yeah, because Dak Prescott's first game back was last week. 
He got better in the fourth quarter. I think he was like seven for nine in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter and helped get them to that win. So it's just like you said, it's, if he had another game under his belt, I'd be a little bit more worried. But it's also Dak Prescott. He's always kind of been, you know, this hot and cold quarterback, a lot of yards, but then they don't win the game. Um, but I was shocked. They're five and two. They're third in their um, NFC East. Philadelphia six and zero. Oh, they're number one, and then New York at six and one. But um, Dallas has the better defense. They've only given up 104 points. Philadelphia's given up 105. Uh, the Giants have given up 130. But that just says something about New York, actually, for winning. But, yeah. Right. The, um, one thing that I immediately – we're going to keep talking about the D-line. Now that you take Robert Quinn out of the equation, that ruin, that doesn't ruin it, but that takes away depth a little bit. That takes another player it away. Does. Um, it opens up opportunities. You know, they might go sign a free agent. They might bring up a practice squad guy. Um, Dallas has a good offensive line. Now, I said the Patriots had a good offensive line as well, but Dallas Dallas is built on two things coming into this year, O-line and defense. That has been their thing. Um <clears throat> Dan Quinn, right? I don't want to say his name wrong. The defensive coordinator. Dan, yeah, Dan Quinn is over in Dallas. He is. Uh, he's killing it's funny. it. He, yeah, he's. It's funny. He's revived his head coaching candidacy, yeah. going back over to the Cowboys. Because now, you know, look at his def- look at his defensive skills, and people are like, "Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, he's. We forgot he's a good coordinator. He, he was the guy that brought up the Legion of, of Boom over in Seattle. So, <laughs> of course, he's a good D coordinator. I forgot. So it's weird. He's now like going to be like a coaching candidate again. He was that will get even stronger next year too. Yeah, he was last year, and I just don't think he found the right fit. But some coaches are just no offense to Dan Quinn. He 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 had good moments with the Falcons, and then it just ended badly. He just might be a better coordinator, and that's fine. If he stays mm-hmm. a coordinator the rest of his life, the rest of his coaching career, I'm sure he would be one of the best defensive coordinators out there. But he's killing it right now with their defense. They drafted fast defensive ends. They've drafted. You know, pretty good defensively. They paid Dak Prescott. He gets hurt, but that's just the nature of the belly of the beast there. Um, But, you know, the defense we'll talk about. But the Bears defense, I'm a little concerned with the defensive line. Now, they did much, much better versus the Patriots, who have a good offensive line. But the Cowboys' offensive line is built different. Um I think they're more physical in the run game. I thought the Patriots' offensive line was a better pass protector. I think the Cowboys have a better run-blocking offensive line. Um, so with this, without Robert Quinn, my fear is now you thought he was getting double-teamed. Now if they start signaling team, you know, signal-blocking these defensive linemen and starting to get to Roquan Smith is going to be my concern. But they may not know better. There's a term where they're young players. They know no better. You know, and so if they don't know they're supposed to be getting dominated, they're not going to get dominated. They don't know. Um, so I'm very curious to see if we they they will continue the way they played versus the Patriots. Because um, the big question mark for this whole thing is, do the Bears have a chance? Like, is there a chance? And the th- that's what's been talked about and is um, probably the title of this that I'll put is, do they have a chance? And is this a turning point? Is this just a one-hit wonder versus the Patriots with the D-line, the linebackers, and the steps that we saw Brisker and Gordon take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will stick by what I said in our 
recap against New England, where next week, as in against here, Green against sorry, I almost said Green Bay, Jesus, against Dallas. I don't know why Green Bay came up against Dallas here. My thing is, if you pull this off, it is, and we're talking, you're playing across the board defensively a top ten unit. Overall, number seven overall in the NFL, one of the best units in the league right now. Um, if you somehow, if you pull this out and you look look competent, that they aren't going to come in seeing that okay, we're expecting RPO design runs, and that we are going to be prepared for this this time around against one of the best coordinators in the league right now. Then yeah, I'm going to be buying fully in. Like I said, I'll I'll buy in that this has been turned a corner and that Luke Getzey and company have figured it out defensively as always it's rock solid still iffy on the run game credit. There's no Ezekiel Elliott, but Tony Pollard is kind of the better back in Dallas these mm-hmm. days, in my opinion. So, you know, that is going to be a test for them. Uh, overall, this will be one of, this will be your, one of your toughest challenges of the season against a most likely high seeded wild card could be a, division leader in any other division in the NFC right now, Dallas Cowboys. So yeah. Um, I think a lot more I am wanting, I'm more looking for the tests on the offensive side of the ball because I want that progress to continue. You know, Justin Fields getting more comfortable, uh, finding more lanes with him, you know, getting in the passing lane, getting in the passing game and rolling out, getting options early and often, especially to try and counter anything Micah Parsons will do. Because if Matthew Judon had a solo game of two and a half sacks last week, and really overall he was just the only beast that was making anything happen, Micah Parsons alone will do the same thing. Um, and then I think that Dallas's front seven is better than what New England was showing. It really just comes it just comes down to do you want it more? You know the Matt Eberflus, you know type of I think tough mentality that they've been showing all year. Like, are you going to keep showing that same energy? Do you want it this bad? Are we going to put out that team effort? I think they will. I think you're going to see at least uh, the second half again that they will keep on bringing out these good adjustments that somehow they've been fantastic at all year. They haven't given up double-digit points in the second half all season, by the way. So I have high hopes for that. I just wonder, and maybe I maybe we were bullish on New England, I guess, but Dallas, I know without any doubts on in confidence that their talent is extremely overwhelming on both sides of the ball yes so yes this will be a true challenge to get an upset here and in dallas too so in dallas yes that's the other key in dallas um yeah i'll get to my offensive stuff um the hope for the bears on defense and we'll get the offense because that's where the biggest growth needs to happen you know Mm -hmm. the bears defense has quietly gotten better like you said our past defense has quietly <clears throat> even the debacle in the first half versus the vikings they've quietly have played much better um the kyle gordon critic part of him is slowly we're slowly getting away from that because he's played a lot better it's just gonna be tough you have gallup to guard you've got tony pollard to guard now you're gonna have cd lamb i just hope cd lamb has one of those games where he drops wide open passes again because he seems right. to you know, be doing doing all that. But since it's in Dallas, I don't know if it was in Chicago, 50-degree weather, maybe there's a better opportunity for him to drop the ball. But that's my hope for defense. And then my hope is that Dak Prescott still has to knock off some rust. Um, but like you said, I'm more scared of Tony Pollard than I am Ezekiel Elliott because Tony Pollard, to me, has been the better. Ezekiel Elliott in his early days, that was the best back. 
Yeah, the more that dynamic to a few years ago has switched over, where Tony's more yes. and more taking that lead back role every every year. Yes, um, that's my that's my fear for the defense. But the, you know, Roquan Smith, All Pro defender, um, I think he'll disrupt a lot of what's going on there. Um, I think that the safeties and corners will actually be very physical with with the Cowboys wide receivers, and if they can do all that versus Dak Prescott and take away some of the reads like they were trying to do with the Patriots and, and force Dak to move around the pocket, maybe him take off running. That's kind of where they're going to have to sit with that. Um, but the big, the big talk is going to be the offense and I'm just going to go with it right now. The bears offensive line. We'll just, just get through it. We're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. They played much, much better. They did against the Patriots. Now they're hurt. Now, since we decided to play good, now we have to have a little shakeup. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry is out. He's not on the reserve. It just says out. <sighs> Damn. He's Damn. out. Um, Lucas Patrick is on injured reserve. Dakota is on injury reserve. Doug Kramer still on injury reserve. Cody Whitehair still on injury reserve. They have now activated Alex Leatherwood. He is now able to step in and play. They have put now Sam Mustafer back at center. Tevin Jenkins right now on the depth chart is still at right guard. Um, Schofield's still at left guard. Braxton Jones is left tackle. Riley Reef may have to step in and play right tackle, or Alex Leatherwood may have to get moved to right tackle, or they move Jenkins to right tackle, and Leatherwood jumps into that guard spot. <clears throat> I'm wondering if that's what they're activating Leatherwood finally for, is to have him slide in, you know. I mean, they got him on the cheap. That's the th- that's what they're lucky. They got him on the cheap, and probably with hopes that he does, you know, with a different setting, prosper. I mean, this is a former first round draft pick, after all, from Only Alabama. A few years removed from that, from Alabama, from yeah. Alabama. Pretty good offensive line school, from what I hear. Uh, and he they, was they build him big. <laughs> and he was strong. The speed based training they do at Alabama, especially during COVID, I think he was the guy. They showed what he lifted at the beginning of the year and what they were lifting at the end and the power generated from the lifts, he got stronger as the year went on. It just has not worked out for him in the NFL for the Raiders. But I think that's why they activated him because I could see them moving Jenkins to right tackle, even though he's been killing it at right guard. He's probably been our best offensive lineman by far. So I'm really glad they didn't trade him. Oh, yeah. Pardon me. I'm talking to a uh, Saban uh, disciple here. Or not disciple, but um, I say a very much speaker himself. (laughs) A <laughs> fanboy. Yeah, I, that, that's probably better. Right? Disciple would mean you actually have been under Nick Saban, which I imagine you would be like, oh, my God, I get to work for Nick Saban. He could pay me $30,000 to go work for Nick Saban, and I'd be on board. Like, here we go. <laughs> yes. You would never my see me. Now. You would never see me again because I'd be working. Th- this show wouldn't exist anymore. <laughs> it would, but it'd be at 1 a.m. when I got off work. That's what Ah, uh, true, true. Hey, don't. Side note, I have like four books on him that I've read. They're over here. So I know. Oh, I know. That's, that's why I'm saying it. <laughs> Talking up Nick Saban with you in the uh, past, I know. I mean, <laughs> right there. Alabama, right there. Yeah. Um, that's always why I know about Alex Leatherwood. But um, I, I thought about this preview after the game that they had on Monday and I knew that the line was a little banged up, but a part of me was like, you know, they've done very, they did very well, and that's positivity going from New England. And I know Dallas has a fast defensive line. You know, mm-hmm. Lawrence is going to kill 
whoever's at tackle for banged up. But I thought, oh, maybe they can slowly start. I said this on the recap of the Patriots. I said the, the O-line look like they're starting to gel a little bit. There's still some breakdowns, but it does take a while. When you're moving people around, then you finally kind of put them together. Now they're going to move them around again. And it's going to be moved around against a very good defensive line. Um, it just is such a bears thing to happen where it looks good. And then now we're going to go when I, people aren't talking enough about the O-line um, coming into this. They're, they're more looking at, do we turn a corner with Justin Fields? Do we turn a corner with the wide receivers? Then right. when I saw the offensive line coming in, I said, hold on. Now that's what we got to look at now is, I mean, they've talked about the old line all year. Don't get me wrong. They say how much they suck. I've talked about how bad they've been. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. But I don't know if they got enough credit last week from people. Um, but that's, that's going to be a key factor. My first key factor on offense is this Ming shift offensive line they're going to have to put together now. Especially if Alex Otherwood plays. <laughs> I've said this a million times. That podcast where that lady goes, oh, you're the offensive line, you just throw them in there. You're just pushing people around. You're just doing no. this. If Alex Leatherwood has to come in at, tack, at guard and you move Jenkins to right tackle, Jenkins is going to have to get acclimated back to tackle because he's been playing guard the last about two or three weeks. And Alex Otherwood, who has not played since God knows when, is going it, to – it just sucks. It sucks mm-hmm. that this has happened and that, that, that we're going to be down well, some alignment. And you don't, have a mini, you don't have a mini buy to go on this time around. You know, you can't just have those extra days to flesh things exactly. out and get into your normal routine. You exactly. have that one week. It's like, all right, we got to flip this around, but you guys better know the system because otherwise – don't know what to tell you. You're the best available at this point. Right. So get pe- cracking. People don't realize that putting them to right guard to right tackle, some things are going to be similar, but you're also in space. You're going against faster guys. It's, you know, how the angles you get to take are different. And so I think Jenkins would adjust better mm-hmm. than putting Alex Leatherwood in. Because O-linemen just don't push people around, and I hate when people say that. They're not these big, fat, dumb guys. They are very athletic. They are, have to be the smartest guys on the NFL football field. Um, and coming from a guy where I've had to start the guys at different spots at O-line from grades to injuries, we feel it the first quarter. Like there's this there's this thing where it just doesn't – it's not working, and then as the game goes on, it slowly starts to figure itself out. But in the NFL, going against the Cowboys – I don't know if you have a quarter and a half for that O line to figure it out. I, I don't think I don't think that it is 
as convenient <laughs> to put it lightly. Again, you have you've I mean you got yeah Nathan Vanderesh, you got you know Micah Parsons on the other side, you know that secondary that the Cowboys have will be able to lock down for the most part should be able to lock down the receiving core you have on your plate. You know, uh, I do think, like I said, I think the pass rush to me is what freaks me out the most. I think it'll, it'll be telling how much the bears have, have, have come from the beginning of the year after this one, you know, if they're able to say, okay, we, we hit not only have adjusted our offense, but we're able to say, you know, these concepts, are better fit to negate any potential excess pressure. Um, and I think Dan Quinn will recognize that. You know, I think smart defense coordinators see like, oh, great, we some of these key injuries are out. Maybe we start lining Micah, you know, on whoever is maybe maybe Alex Leatherwood. You know, we we feel there's a bit of weakness there. We go on him. Braxton Jones being the rookie himself. I mean, he's played decent snaps in recent weeks, but there have been times as well he's let up some poor outside rushes. So. Hard to hard to say. Injuries to the line are at this t- stage in time are not great considering the progress that was made against New England. But you got to roll with the punches, whatever, whatever you're going to do. And I imagine that they don't want to change back to whatever offense they were trying to run weeks one through six. This is what they need to run. So you're going to probably stick with it best you can. Yeah, because I wanted to start off with the line leading to that, where now the whole the whole talk has been. This is an offense that Justin Fields can run. This was an offense that got the receiver or play calling that's got the receivers open. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke Getze, maybe they're turning the corner. And so now I wanted to lead up from the O-line point to this point. This will be the real test to see if they are making that change because you saw more tight ends coming in and chipping the defensive linemen. You saw that type of blocking. You saw overload, like um, our uh, heavier sets where they're adding another lineman, which I don't think we have another lineman to throw in there now, (laughs) but they're putting two tight ends on one side of the line of scrimmage. They were jet motioning, hanging off, pressuring the outside, which helps open up the inside. So you saw quick key screens we talked about. So I think that now this will be a real test. You had a ish offensive line. Now you really have a mink shift offensive line put together now. So now the real test is going to be, or the real thing to look at is, are you really turning the corner now to where you can really play call to help out the O-line and really play call to work on these young wide receivers to continue to get open? Because like we said against the Patriots, they looked more confident running routes. They were getting open. Justin Fields was finding them. He was trusting the pocket. He was doing his thing. And so I think really this will be not, this could be one of the biggest test play call they've had versus the Cowboys with what is happening with the O-line up front. But now you started to see last week, like we talked about RPOs, you saw play actions, you saw key screens. Now the Cowboys are going to come in and try to take it away. They're going to look at that film and say, this is what we're, this is what they're trying to do. So now can Luke Getzey and them really turn that corner and now get even more creative? Well, they're going to take this away at first, so we got to run the ball. we got to figure this out. we got to get the O-line comfortable. We have to shift protections we have to do all this stuff so to me this is going to be a real test if they're really making that turn into becoming a real or a better offense i I keep hearing about um a lot of times you know getsy trusting what they at least what he wants to do trusting the offense trusting justin fields so again this is i stress that the trust if it has definitely been built upon you want to see more adjustments i think mid game you want to 
You want to see maybe, you know, you get a little more ballsy with what you're playing at. You know, last like I said, last week was kind of like a breath of fresh air. I think people didn't at all expect them to come out no. and say, no. "Oh yeah, RPO that we barely run." No, we're running like pure RPO this time. The QB chooses. You know, mm-hmm. um, design runs. They're coming out in droves. Uh, you know, quick passes. You know, first, second read passes. That if we can get them, we're doing them. You know, all the stuff that people wanted. That's what they did. And so, the hope is you see that plus. All right. Now what else can we do? Can we get a little more tricky with the RPOs? Do we run more, you know, maybe jet sweep type of things, a few more different uh, directions that you have at pre-snap or during the uh, snap, that is? I don't know. That That's kind of how I'm looking at it, you know, because I think you're going to have to find some way to, I guess, not be showing the same thing again. Or you're just that good at what you do to where it's hard to stop a design run by Justin Fields, which you have to get a lot of, early penetration to stop those type of runs and you have to have linebackers that are honest in their positions if the play calls for it to read those specific runs that the QB takes so yes. it challenges the defense for sure the Cowboys though this is where I'm at is Dallas has been proving all year that they can live up to that standard and they'll make it a living hell for you to get through you have to be a top tier offense to get points on the Cowboys yeah um... for the most part at least decently scoring points on them, that is. Yeah, because I would like to think that I try to look at it more. I'm trying to think of it in a way of our weaknesses, out of the weaknesses for the Bears, is there a positive out of it? And what I mean by that is, and I've said it before, Mooney's supposed to be the number one guy. So defenses should probably all have eyes on Mooney. But since he has not necessarily always proven he's the guy, now he's made – He's gotten better. Like there's, there's. He's gotten better. He's made better, more catches. There's really no one guy you can key on besides Justin Fields and Montgomery, in my opinion. I think they'll still look to Mooney. So out of the weaknesses, some type of strength that they could lean on is if Justin Fields can recognize a defense and realize they're not double teaming this guy. Like, and I think that's what's happening with the Patriots. There's, they really didn't know like. Should we spy Justin Fields? Should we just look at Montgomery? Do we double Mooney? Do we send another safety over there? Guys were getting open that they necessarily probably didn't think that were going to get open. So yeah, if the receivers for the Bears can't handle the physicality of the Cowboys, it's going to be a long day. If if the play calling gets them open, play actions, and again, we have to be okay with three-yard passes. We just have to. We have to be okay with yeah, two I yard mean, passes. More, more progress, I think, also taking what's there. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be you're holding onto the ball forever for the home run play. You know, because I mean, last week I thought that was the least amount we'd seen all year, where it was like not just you know early sacks, but also less of the I'm going to scramble to cause a 15 yard loss. Right. You know, there was only one play that he held onto the ball for three plus seconds, where it should have been throw the damn ball out of bounds. Why did you take the sack there? And it didn't happen often. So that's another thing you want to have is, like, you want to see that improved. And I especially say this with a Dallas pass rush that will come after you with more than just, you know, like a Micah Parsons. You know, like like I said, it's not just going to be one guy that you say, okay, he's going to get his numbers, we can handle the rest of this line. No, they're going to – you're going to have problems across the board, much like New York gave you, much like – Green Bay had given you, you know, other teams in the first six weeks. You got to be worried about that, you know. Yeah. Uh, keep just keep that in mind. So I want to see for him, get the ball out quickly, 
And if you don't have that option, it's okay to throw it away or it's okay to dump it off. You have a defense on the other side that should be able to keep you in the game most of the four quarters. Take your opportunities where you can, regroup, and if you're in, in it in the second half, make your adjustments like you've been and go after it. Yes, because he cannot. That was the big thing we talked about with the recap for the, versus the Patriots. When the pocket broke down, he was still looking downfield. He was sliding. I think they probably had a talk with him about taking big hits. Mm-hmm. And that's thing. It's okay if it's second and let's say it's second and five, and something happens and the pocket breaks down. He doesn't have his first second read. And he throws the ball out of bounds. That's okay because third and five is better than a third and seven. And you took a humongous hit or a gang tackle on top of you, where it's already been reported that his non-throwing shoulder is banged up. You know, and so those things are okay. And I don't think we'll see a lot of design runs for him because they don't want him to take the big hits. You're probably going to see two a quarter. I would say probably two so a quarter you're going to see some type of design run. And it's not going to be a always a zone read. It's going to be a counter play where he's got two blockers. It's going to be a tight end blocking for him as well. It's going to be those type of things. Or a draw where they're going to tell him, hey, this should be open. You get some space. you got to slide. So I think those things are perfectly okay um, and I think they have to establish the run with the old line and what's been going on. You establish the run early, get a full back in there, get the old eye formation in there. That will help him in the play action game and setting up a run for him as well. So I think if they come out and do those things, um, get into some funky formation, start having some fun. You know, I will say that was one good thing about Nagy because I want to go back. But if you remember when he first got there, we were doing these fun formations. We were doing this. We're doing that. Kansas City still does them. If they start getting into that type of stuff and we we can get a big play or two or just keep Dallas's offense off the field and let our defense rest, uh, there's a slim sliver of hope. Um, but, again, we're not looking to sit and say, oh, we got to score 30. We're going to go score 33 points again. We just have to see continued progress and like, okay, like this is open. Maybe we just dropped a pass, but Justin Fields looked better. Oh, this happened. The line looked better pass blocking. It just didn't work out. Dallas just beat us on defense. We see those things. I think the invested fan that can understand it will be fine for the Bears side. No pitchforks if something bad happens with the Cowboys. Well, last week, like I said, I – I I was – I'm overall happy. I hope this is what their direction is going forward. Um, also last week though, I was again, a little more rationally mad than I thought I would be, but credit, it was because the fact it had taken this long to do something like that. So I don't know. I, I, I want to, like I said, I want, I want to really, I guess, watch this game as more like a litmus test of like, okay, if this is the offense we run, like if this is the co- we're running more a college esque with college esque RPO with like run heavy concept and design runs being paramount with the occasional shots downfield then how good is this with the current setup we have you know so dallas is a great litmus test they're one of the best teams in the league right now they have a bunch of stars on their roster uh top 10 regards defensively offensively they've been able to keep it at bay but they haven't had their star qb in for multiple games and they've got plenty of options that can attack on all sides and this is another one that i think in terms of rookie class you know, Draquan Brisker, he's shown up all year. Um, there's people already talking he's def- he's potentially defensive rookie of the year right now. Uh, Kyler Gordon, he's been playing better in recent weeks. 
Um, he's going to get mismatches on him. Uh, this will be a game, I think, that in recent weeks he's shown out. This one, there's a true star or two receiver on the other, on the opposite side. Specifically, I'm looking at C.D. Lamb, mm-hmm. uh, which you hope has a bad game, but they could possibly, you know, Kellen Moore, that is, line up and get, get it to where Lamb is on the side that Gordon's on, and they test that. Maybe they do that early in the game. Or Noah Brown, who is an underrated star on that roster. Michael Gallup, I, you know, there's your third, your speedster, per se. I mean, they have people that can burn you, and they have the line that can hold up to give Dak time. So there's just a lot going on here. Um, but this one I, I take is more a eval. And if they win, if they win, then we're ahead of schedule, without a doubt. Yes. Um, because the the slimmer, you know, I'm titling this, do the Bears have a chance? They do, but the chance is going to come from do we capitalize on anything our defense gives us? Because, again, the Cowboys, like you said, have not had Dak Prescott. They mm-hmm. haven't had him. But the Cowboys are not lighting it up on offense, you know, when you look at what they average. I think they are averaging pro- – they only score 19.1 points per game. The Bears mm-hmm. average 18, if that puts to anything in perspective for them. Now they've beaten teams. They've beaten New York and, you know, those those type of things that the Bears have not done. Um, they lost the Eagles in a close game. They held the Lions to six points, which the Lions have kind of fallen off a little bit. They beat the Rams 22-10. to 10. So they're just a tough team. But they, do the Bears have a chance? They have a chance. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. If the defense continues to grow and can disrupt a little bit on defense and if the offense can take advantage, if we get an interception or some type of turnover, can we capitalize? Um, And we have a great kicker, so field goals are not going to be an issue for us. Special teams ain't a problem. I thought Pettis, we said enough last week, Dante Pettis, you know, he did pretty admirable job really well in his position, so they definitely stick with him. Um, I mean, Kyra Santo, perfect on the year, so you can't really do too much beyond that. Um, yeah, I mean, they've. I think they've figured that out, at least. they. Valus Jones has kind of lost those privileges. I do hope he gets a little more opportunities offensively, though. That is something I feel, you know, credit. They, they're, they're having some depth, and I think Pettis is taking targets away from Valus Jones. Mm-hmm. But I would like to see a few options where we can get a little bit of what he's capable of. I mean... He was their higher profile pickup this draft's class for that receiving core. So if yeah. he if he works into the game plan, I'm not going to say force him into the the detriment of we need to see him play. You know, I if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But you know, for a speedster the way he's the way he's built, you know, I was hoping we'd get a little more by now from him offensively. So that'd be nice to get get him some plays this time against Dallas. Yeah, because we can't. I know we're not supposed to be evaluating. But evaluating his right, punt. we're not a ve- we're not in eval mode. I forgot, my bad. But <laughs> said a curse word. <laughs> uh, 
So curse words are Jimmy Garoppolo, Evaluation, and Arlington Heights. I get it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the three. Um, no, I lo- we can't judge him on just punt returns. Like you said, he's a wide receiver that was forced to say, go return punts. That's mm-hmm. a completely different animal. So let's see if we can get some confidence back in him. Let's put him at wide receiver and – He's the one getting the ball on the screen. He's the one getting the ball on the on the jet handoff or something like. And then you started getting all these receivers. Some confidence is the big the big key thing here. If the Bears get some confidence, not saying they're going to win games the rest of the year, they get some confidence. They go spend some big money. Then next year you're looking a little. It's looking a little better next year. Confidence and money. That's what that's what needs yep. to be happening right now. Um. So, who is going to win this game? Well, I, I'm look, I get everyone was high on, you know, last week. I understand why. I don't think many I don't think many of us. There were some that did. I will say I said uh Brad Brad Briggs, I know that predicted a win against for New England last week uh or for Chicago last week against New England. Nonetheless, I don't this is one I just don't see it even like Maybe New England, New England I, I I had a little maybe a little self doubt, but I thought, well, Chicago's going to come out and run their usual offensive scheme, and the Patriots are playing a young rookie Justin Fields in that scheme. They changed it up on me. They threw a curveball on all of us, and they played a different offense this time around. We know what the bag of tricks are going to be. I think, unless they, unless Luke Getzey has turned a corner himself and is going to surprise us for two straight weeks in a row, I don't see it. Um, Nonetheless, Dallas has way too many weapons. Um, I think it's a much loaded, more loaded roster. It's going to be prepared. Um, Bears will make it a live, will make it a game though. Uh, both teams are top are top ten in pass off and passing defense. Actually, they're behind, they're right behind each other, neck and neck. By the way, so you're not so. I mean, defensively in the terms of pass yards. I think this is more going to be a run-heavy game on both sides. My thing is who's going to make the most out of their opportunities, you know, in the passing game. And if you look at the Cowboys, they're more well-equipped, I think, to take on this Bears front seven and gash them in the run yard in run yard situations. I felt New England messed up last week in that regard. They didn't run as they didn't go as heavy on that side of the ball. And if we want to even add on notes, the Commanders are one of the worst run teams in the NFL. The week prior, and they still managed to get 100 plus yards on Chicago. So that still is a weakness. Dallas is no slouch in that regard. I'm taking the Cowboys, but I will give the Bears the benefit of the doubt. I will give them a one score game. So this is going to end to me 21 14. Dallas takes the win. Close game there for Sunday afternoon in Texas. Um, for me, again, I might be repeating repeating some of it. Um, we have to see if the Bears' offense does turn a corner. The offensive line does scare me. Um, we're going to see if hopefully Lugetsi and Nieberflus have a conversation, say this is the direction we need to go. Um, mm-hmm. This is the offense that Justin Fields can run. The receivers seem to be confident in what was going on. Now, they won't be able to do exactly everything they did because the Cowboys will be ready for it. They have a much better defense than New England which I don't thought I would never say with Bill Belichick on the other side. Right. Um, but Dan Quinn has done a great job with the defense. Um, the big key factors for it is going to be the Bears offense, how it holds up, and Dak Prescott because the Cowboys want to throw the ball. 
Now, now they they may come out and run it, but I know they do want to throw it. Mike McCarthy likes to throw the ball. Um, if Dak gets hot, that's going to be an issue for the Bears. So they have to limit big plays because Ceedee Lamb last week had four catches for seventy yards. So a couple of those are big time catches. They have to be fifteen plus yards for him to get those type of stats. Um, and it's going to be the D line, like you said, if they can't stop the run and Pollard goes off, if Ezekiel even does play. Pollard goes off and Ezekiel chips in a little bit. That's going to be a big key issue. Um, I don't think the Bears are there yet. I don't think they're there to go after the Cowboys. The Cowboys have a Super Bowl mission every year. That's their mission, and they have a good team. They have the possibility of it, um, but they are in a tough conference. They've played a tough schedule. They've they competed with the Eagles, you know. So I mean, without Dak Prescott, um, I just don't think the Bears are there yet. Um, but what we're going to look for is some growth. Um, be watching out for the D-line, watching the offense, and see if there's any type of gro- uh, growth there. Um, I just don't know if the Bears are going to get some of the big plays they got versus the Patriots. The tiptoe catches on the sideline. Justin Fields will break away some runs. It's just going to happen. But I think the Cowboys are okay with it. If once in a while he it's third and 15 and he breaks for a 17-yard run, I think they're going to be okay with it because they know they're stopping everything else. Um, but hopefully the, the bears come out and get run heavy and open up some things. Um, I'm thinking that the Cowboys will end up winning by two scores, okay. uh, but it's not going to be 14. It's going to be a 20. I'm going to say, tw- I have a weird score for you. 24 to 20. I'm going to go with a weird score for you. Hmm. 24, 20. So you think it's a one score game, a one score, one possession game, or one possession game? Yes, yeah, sorry. Okay, I meant, I said two. I meant to say one. Sorry. That's what I, I was, was thinking. Uh, I was thinking of the twenties. I am very sorry. My brain is. I was. I literally wrote down a two, and that's why I said two. I'm that type of person. <laughs> I'm okay. that type of person. Yeah. No. Like I said, I, I think that they've proven us that, you know. But it's going to be I think it's going to be gonna, garbage time. The Bears time. are going to compete. Like they, they they've shown they can compete with anyone this year and make it scrappy. Like I said and that's what Eberflus brought over from Indianapolis. You know, their discipline to point ter, basically their discipline to the point where penalties are very much limited on a scale compared to where Matt Nagy was a year prior. Um I just my only my the thing is now my only worry with Eberflus anymore is like okay, clock management at the end of halves. You still worry me, dude. You don't do them right, you know. <laughs> right. Um, but beyond I, that, I mean, Chicago they they play disciplined, smart football right now. And second half, I don't know what they're doing second half, but these must be the best goddamn pep talks in the world. If you're coming out and seven weeks in the season, you haven't given up double digit points in the second half all year. Yeah, that's why I think. I th- I have a feeling this game will be similar. It's going to be a Vikings game and a Washington game. What I mean by that is you're going to see tale of two halves, like both those games. That's mm-hmm. what I feel like is about to happen. I have a feeling the Cowboys will start off hot. I just have a weird feeling Dak is get- knocking off the rust. If Pollard plays, starts over Ezekiel Elliott for some reason, or he's getting more of the carries. But like you said, if they can hold their own and the Bears come out at halftime, to get to that 20 points, I think, is not garbage time, but it's now it's clicking, if that makes right. sense. Um, I do apologize again when I said two possession. I write down two, and I was like, wait a minute. But 
I'm dyslexic people. Leave me alone. You can't discriminate against. <laughs> oh, God. But yes, I agree um, with everything you stated there. But unfortunately, both have the Cowboys winning. I would love to be wrong again. I would love to be shocked again. Same. This time around, I'll be... I won't seem like I'm some like deranged <laughs> lunatic type of fan where it's like, dude, you guys won. Why are you mad? No, this time I'll be like ecstatic because I'll be buying in fully, you know, mm-hmm. like, hey, we really did turn a corner. Oh, my God, it's happening, you know. Right. Um, but I also think if we lost to these type of scores, I'd still be okay with it depending on how the game goes. If they're just straight up stopping us, we're stopping them, they just get a big play like the way we play, I'm okay if we lose 21-14. I'm okay if we lose 24-20. If there's that growth or that, oh, we're still calling the same type of game, it's still working, we're still chip, or chipping away down the ball down the field, it, it will be okay. Um, yeah. So oh, there's yeah. there's a slimmer chance the Bears could pull this off, but I also don't see it because of where – where the Cowboys have been, they've been building this defense, they've been building this, where they're built, the Bears aren't there yet. Hopefully that happens in the offseason, but that's where we're at. I'm excited. I, I think I think I'm, for some reason, a little more excited for this Bills, or for this uh, Dallas Cowboys matchup than I was when I initially had seen on the schedule, and especially compared to two weeks ago, you know, the way that Commander's contest ended, you know. It's different vibes. I, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Well, for our recap, it's going to be one of two things. We're going to be like, oh, it was good. Or we're going to, oh, we went back to what we were doing. Or like, it's not working. It's going to be, that might be the shortest one. We might come on here and just scream the F word over and over again. Or come <laughs> on here and just be happy. Stay it three times and then just go straight to the outro. Yeah, like we come on, well, it's Bears. F this, F that, F everything. Waving the white flag. And then... <laughs> Bite. Do, 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 do. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> I don't even care about the $130 million at that point if that happens. I don't even care we have the money. What is the future? The, the, the future's now. <laughs> um, but yeah, that Cowboys winning. Um, I didn't say this at the beginning. Guys, check out Zach's other podcast. Gridiron Gallery's making a slow burn. Slow burn. Slow burn comeback. Fourth and <laughs> I'm going to try and get that damn update out. That's my next one. I got to basically tell people what the hell's happening with this channel. Right. Um, fourth and four, which talks about everything else outside of the Bears. Um, fourth and four, and then he's got Inside the Walls, and yep. also USFL podcast. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm sure XFL stuff's coming out soon to talk Maybe. about. I, that might be where Greater Iron Gallery goes. You know, I don't have many dedicated XFL things around. I'm following the league. Trust me, I can tell you about the league. But right. I have definitely not been doing shows on the said league as of late. Yeah, I mean, that's what the slow burn Greater Gallery goes back to is XFL. Totally, yeah. Clearly, I need that on my, on my docket. What, having five podcasts is fine? Yeah, that's normal. That's not, that's not weird or anything. I used to have two, and I kind of still have two. I just haven't touched in a year. So it's just this one. It's okay. That's understandable. I get it, man. The other one's about The Walking Dead, and that's why I kind of stopped. Oh, well, yeah. It's kind of winding down, right? It's my most viewed videos, though. Oh. Outside of Illinois. Maybe you need to start doing, like, theory videos. Like, even if the show ends, just like, 
Here's what I thought could have happened. No. Top 10 characters that were one-offs in Walking Dead. What I did was I went back and I rewatched the whole season one, did a breakdown of each episode, then I started season two of breakdown of each episode again. And it's my most right. viewed ones. All right, nice. But it's a lot of work. Because I have to watch this 45-minute long episode, and then I have to create a video with pictures of what's going on. It's a pain. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Um, go check out Zach's other podcast. I only have one other one. He's got four. Go check them out, four or five. Uh, go check all that out. We'll be back for a recap of the Bears-Cowboys. Um, hopefully positive vibes from that one. We'll wait and see. Um, thank you guys again for watching or listening. Like and subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, enjoy college football. Enjoy NFL football and all that good stuff. Zach, thanks for coming back, and we will see everybody next time. Yeah. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design.